Okay, so we're back with Angelique and Belle uh, on the <laughs> TV Titans podcast. We're doing the uh, season one retrospective. Yeah. Which is fun. <laughs> and we have a guest with Vixen. You might hear her making noises in the background. Yeah. Oh. And I guess it's about time we deliver this to our listeners since uh, they might have been started like Belle to doubt it was ever going to happen. <laughs> yeah, we definitely like was talking about this last year or something <laughs> <laughs> for like a long time now. So about that. Life's an adventure. Yeah. <laughs> so I like my notes for this kind of suck because it was like as I was watching I was just writing random things down as I was watching it um but yeah I guess we can just talk about the season as a whole if you want first yeah yeah we can start I mean I guess what I'll say about the season as a whole is uh well okay one thing that's crazy watching it like you know, obviously having seen season two, like going back to season one, is it's really interesting to see how much Tegan has grown, like just in general, like yeah. as in actually getting older, but also like as an actress, like the comparison between like, you know, her season one here and her like season two finale, it's crazy. Um, yeah. That's so fascinating. I feel like she, like, as far as acting goes, she definitely grew the most. I like never agreed that she was bad. I just thought she was a little green, which is fine if it's like you're yeah, if you're a new actress. I don't think it's that big a deal. Um and I mean they say it's always better uh to have someone that does too much and you need to pull back than somebody who doesn't do enough. And the big complaint about Tegan for people who are making complaints, um, particularly about her season one, is that she was like doing a lot. But compared to our dead fish who shall remain nameless, at least she was doing something, honey. <laughs> um, no, no comment on who that is. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to start throwing shade right now. Um, yeah, but it reminds me of like um, on the Vampire Diaries, Cat Graham in season one. Mm-hmm. Like she, I was, I'm so, I'm still so impressed with her because she, went from being obviously like the least um experienced actress and the most green to being the best actress on the show but I feel like everyone else just stayed exactly the same and I always have respect for people who grow will stay the same or gave less time (laughs) exactly or gave less who just started phoning it in but she's got better and better and I have a lot of respect for people who grow you know and I feel like Tegan grew a lot and yeah I really respect Definitely. her for that and I I love the character I know she's not like she's probably the most different from the books but yeah. I like her version I don't see like a real problem with a uh, raven that's you know a teenager and doing yeah. teenager things <laughs> and making she's clothes. a little intimidated a little yeah. intimidated by her yeah. you know ungodly powers <laughs> like, yeah, like but I mean making rash decisions and all of that and that's actually <laughs> like bring me to the next point I like that um 
this show I feel like is one of the few shows that lets teens act like teens like I believe these are teenagers they're not um (laughs) like her and Gar that they're teenagers they're not acting like freaking adults and being all super sexualized and whatever and extra my mom said about the vampire diaries when she tried to watch it was that it was like watching a bunch of wine moms (laughs) pretend to be teenagers all like super confident and well-dressed I'm like I look like (laughs) a hot mess and I was emotional and I looked like a like I looked like a baby when I was that young so I'm just like, you're watching like these, these older people walk around pretending to be teens, they're doing trip teases. They're not at all awkward about it. And I'm like, really? That's that's what a teenager is though? Oh, if you say, okay. If you say, I'm, so. I'm 100% sure if I had attempted to do a strip tease as a teenager, it would have been so funny. It could have made the Disney channel. Yeah, no. <laughs> like uh, just a a goofy awkward disaster like the idea of a teenager managing to be smooth and sexy under any circumstances comical the way like everyone in my high school was so awkward looking like (laughs) 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 we just like thrived on bad decisions like it just wasn't good um so yeah I mean you know in my friend group at the time it was very very seen kids uh I had tiger stripes in my hair junior year uh Tiger stripes bleached in my hair, <laughs> like, you know, fishnet stockings I got sent to the office for, like garter slipped, like it was questionable life choices and decisions. Uh, and no one could have mistaken me for an adult, even though I was almost six feet tall in high school because I had the face of an actual baby child. <laughs> Uh, just a giant gangly awkward uh child and not to get too off track but yeah I definitely um (laughs) it's so funny because I I always got um sent to the deans because uh my favorite pair of jeans had rips in them and I was against dress code so the dean would always like wait for me to show up off the bus and see if I'm wearing my jeans that day and then I'd get in trouble for it and my response was always like how come the cheerleaders can wear skirts that are five inches long, but I can't show a little piece of my knee? And he's like, I'm not doing this feminist crap with you today. Go to the office. Like, we're not doing this today. Every time. <laughs> so. Eventually, we just gave up with me. Otherwise, I wouldn't be in school. Like, I guess all that's in your closet is questionable hooker wear. If I never let you in class, you won't learn. <laughs> oh god but yeah yeah, I do I do love how like kid-like the kids on this show are um I love that like the things that they're concerned with are things that like that like kids are believably concerned with even when there's all this like other stuff going on they don't fail to be concerned with kid stuff which I like um like when Gar was like stealing the video games from not blockbuster as a whole tiger that's such a teenage boy thing to do. Like, I remember being in high school. What did teenage boys care about? Video games, okay? <laughs> like, And if you, turn, just, if you told they a teenage were, boy that they could turn into an animal, the first thing they would think of is, how do I get video games? It's so funny, like, like these other shows, they, they show teens, and especially teen boys, and they're so, they're so concerned with being in love. And I'm like, what high school did you guys go to? <laughs> More than any of that. Oh, God, <laughs> <my no>. school. 
No, I mean, if teen boys actually fall in love, they look, act, and feel like they've caught it from somewhere, like it's mono. <laughs> They're not like trying to do that. Oh, running around like, you're the love of my life forever. Like, what? Like, where did y'all go to school at? Like, this is real weird. <laughs> I mean, they must have gone to like those, like, you know, those Bible schools where they have purity balls or something, because that's the only place I could think of where there are teenage boys that are like, I can't wait to be married. Yeah. It's like, um, that reminds me, though, like a lot of people want to do, well, they're always talking about um, B.B. Ray, which is Gar and Rachel's ship name, um, which will likely never, ever happen because of the age differences with the actors but also I don't think it matters anyway like you can just have a show where teens kind of have crushes on each other kind of don't maybe yeah. no one dates doesn't matter that much like do we and need, as an actual teenager half the time you're too shy to actually tell someone you like them anyway so it's not yeah. unrealistic for teens who like each other to, yeah, like, <laughs> like I'm, relationship thing I'm cool with like them dating and stuff and you can have you can sh have teens on the show date and maybe they just handle maybe they just kiss but you don't need any like sex scenes and stuff like that's all that is unnecessary to me I don't know what the desire is to see I mean that in yeah you do <laughs> it's it's weird i find it weird yes that so <laughs> the desire is adults. for creepy weirdos to have something they won't get arrested for but have it be the kind of thing they should get arrested for yeah. that's what that is it's and i'm glad there's weird. none of that over here it's weird to me that so many adults want to see teens having those kind of do anything <laughs> it's much less that. Um, like what's wrong with you please get it together um <laughs> So yeah, I'm glad the show doesn't try to make them into like young adults and it lets them like wear hoodies and t-shirts and like care about like, you know, stuff that kids care about and also get overwhelmed in situations where like they ought to get overwhelmed. They're not like hyper competent necessarily. Like they're competent as far as like they have, you know, very impressive abilities, but I like that they don't sort of like overdo the maturity level thing to have them like, oh, I'm a seasoned hero. Like when poor Gar had to like take on those guards and then he turned back into a person, poor little vegan was like spitting out the remains like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Yeah. And not to jump ahead to season two, like, cause obviously we're talking about season one, but I do remember people, like some of the complaints with Gar in season two, they were like, oh, why did he run away when, Connor got in trouble with the cops. I'm like, if you, that's what a teenage boy would do, is it not? Like, a teenage like, boy saw the cops. <laughs> like, he, what was he supposed to do? He can't stop Connor. He can't do anything about the cops. He was like, let me go get an adult, which is what he yeah. ran home to do. <laughs> he literally ran home to go call an adult, which is very cute. Totally makes sense. I uh, age appropriate. Fair. I think it's a fair <laughs> yeah. reaction to that, as if you're just yeah. Um, Corey probably I mean, would have ran over to eat all the cops. <laughs> Corey would have ran over there and stopped, started dropping bodies. Yeah, that's Corey. Uh, that would be her reaction. Oh yeah, and also Rachel's, even if it was on accident. Yeah. Um, Rachel been like, "Oops, I don't know why demons are eating all the police." <laughs> okay, baby. 
Oh. oh god but yeah I really I enjoyed this season and also like knowing sort of where everything is going particularly like with with like what's going on in Dick's head that he's repressing in this season there are little moments like um when uh like you know at the end of the season when they're um when they're like in the car I hear you. um and you know she's like where are we going and he's like somewhere safe his face looked like I don't know if it's if, if this is safe and Rachel the little psychic picked up on that I don't know either but like hey he was doing his best y'all and it's just kind of it's really interesting because you know when we get when we get Don and her reaction to him having kind of taken taken on Rachel and her being like, I mean, you know, doggone well, you don't need to have no kids, Dick. Really? You? Really? After what happened last time? Now that we know what happened last time, we know someone's just left her in her mouth for that. But no one ever does that. <laughs> Except yeah. for the nuclear family. <laughs> yeah. Um, for sure. Like, <laughs> knowing what we know from season two and looking back on season one, I'm sorry, but I I don't like Dawn. I like her a lot less. And I don't I don't want to like spend spend an hour dragging her, but a lot of the things she was doing was just it made less sense looking back. Absolutely. It's so much worse looking back. Um because I mean when when we only like season one, it's very vague what happened in his past that you know was like so terrible um that he's so kind of squirrely about they kind of keep it vague throughout um and there's several like you know hints that like something happened like when he gets the new partner and he's like hi I read your file you seem to be very confident I'm gonna do my thing you do your thing have a nice day out like and everyone's like oh yeah he likes to work alone and you know uh he uh and she's like I have bad breath or something like what was that um and I mean yeah I guess that's the most polite way that you can say hi nice to meet you get all the way out of my face and leave me alone yeah um, like finding out like obviously we knew there was a reason he was closed off like that but I feel like in season one, we all just assumed it was solely his daddy issues, which yeah. is not a good enough excuse to be mean to everyone. You know what I mean? <laughs> that closed off to everyone. It was like... Well, he wasn't little... mean. He was closed off. Because yeah. like, he wasn't rude to that girl. Yeah, um... no, he wasn't rude. He was just, he refused to get close to people. And yeah. it was hard to sort out why... And then when we found out why he was like that in season two, then I just felt really bad. Yeah. <laughs> because it's and like, I mean, dang. I would never want to get close to anyone either. If I got close to some people, something went wrong. I almost died doing my very best. And they were like, yeah, let's abandon you. It's, it's crazy to me because it's like, you look back and all the interactions from season one and you're like oh my god they're so awful man. like yeah. like donna was throwing um like when she was failed relationship with don in his face in his face and it just has like a whole different like with context it has a whole different tone because it's like it wasn't just a failed relationship it's uh mm -hmm. hey we were all on this team together for years you guys trusted me I got every plan right for years 
I messed up one time. And then my girlfriend left without saying goodbye. My best yeah. friend ran. No one's talked to me. My girlfriend left years. with her ex without right. saying goodbye. Left with her ex. And then next I knew they were together. And it's just like, yikes, yikes, yikes. Why would she be like, you mess things up with Dawn? Oof. Why say that? <laughs> like, right. Ouch. Like, like, what is the reason? You mean no, no worse than him than how you did, Donna? Because what happened with with uh, with uh, Donna and with Dick was the same thing, right? Donna went by herself to go confront a Slade, and he beat the stuffing out of her. And then Dick went by himself to cons- confront Slade, and he beat the stuffing out of him. The same thing just happened to you twenty minutes ago. So what, what's your problem, man? And he went for her, like because of her. Yeah. You know, it's one of those like ridiculous things because uh, I mean, in almost every scene that involves Dick and Donna, I found myself wondering, what is it, Donna, that you were hoping that he was going to do? Like in the one where there's uh, those uh, smugglers or whatever, and she gets kidnapped by them. And she's very upset with Dick for beating the stuff out of everybody. Um, like okay so you were trying to hide your powers cool cool because you're trying to give the impression you're civilian which means you are not about to go kung fu on everybody right ma'am so how is he wrong for rescuing you in a situation where your whole thing you're trying to do entails you not rescuing yourself like help us out it was just a lot of and we've also established that Donna is not bulletproof or knife-proof. We really established that season two. Like, so, ma'am. There's a lot of Something could have happened to you, though. There's things that didn't quite add up for me. Like, I don't know. I didn't quite get why it was Donna basically, like, she quit. She's the only one who quit. No one else yeah. really quit being a hero. And I just thought that was so weirdly out of character I don't know well, she like, didn't quit being a hero she quit being in costume but like just like we saw with the smugglers who she was trying to take down she was still doing things but like she was doing them in this like weird around the way kind of way where it looked like this wasn't solved by some kind of a hero and she never put the costume back on mm. Um, so, you know, she was essentially trying to stay, trying to like lay low and have it not be apparent that she sort of reactivated herself as a hero while also being able to kind of get some stuff done. Cause yeah, she says to Dick that she's out of the game, but then next thing you know, she's off trying to take out some smugglers. So clearly she's not out of the game. Right. Uh... She's just not being Wonder Girl. She's just being Donna, Nancy Drew, and Trepid Lady. Uh, yeah, I hmm. all the interactions just like made far less sense. Um, I guess we can circle back to Dawn because we kind of talked about Rachel, yeah. Guard, Donna, Dick a little, but like for Dawn, what I guess what was weird now looking back is that the timeline we now have, because when we were watching, we just thought like maybe Dick cheated on her or something right. weird like- like It's 
Because she was acting like something like that had happened. Right. And so was Hank. Like, you come here, you take what you want, and you leave. Right. So it's just like we all assumed we're like, oh, he's a, you know, he's a fuck boy, but that's not quite what happened. Like he was her whole entire boyfriend. Right. Apparently, like five years ago, they all left. And then the flashback Dawn was um, you know, daydreaming about for some reason. Why are you daydreaming about that? Weird. Well, I'm gonna be getting up that. Oh well, we know why after that incident with Hank's um erectile dysfunction, she's dreaming about the um, last dick that works. <clears throat> so that was four years ago. So that means a year after they broke up. He rolled through, left. hit it, then quit. Apparently. And I'm yeah. like, but how is how is Dick the bad guy? You're the one who was dating someone. What? Yeah. Well, of course, she doesn't want to take personal responsibility. Have we ever seen Dawn ever do that on this show? Take responsibility for anything that she did or caused? No. So naturally, if she cheated on her boyfriend with Dick, she would blame Dick for it because she doesn't like personal responsibility. That's crazy. <laughs> and then like, even within the con, like without the context, it still makes sense to me because um, she was like, oh, you know, you of all people know kids are hard to deal with. And he's like, yeah, so he has money and he's trying to leave it with them, you know, leave, leave Rachel with them. And she's like, oh, you right. can't leave her here. And Hank's calling him an asshole and everyone's pissed. And I'm like, yo, which is it? Is he like the worst <laughs> and he gets kids murdered, which we find out is the context? Right. Or... Is he good enough to take Rachel? Because it cannot be both. Like apparently he was supposed to just leave her at an airport because he was definitely not supposed to be trying to take care of her, but also not supposed to leave her with them. <laughs> like he's like, I guess the implication is, yeah, I mean, you gotta send her somewhere because you are not a competent parent, but like not here though. <laughs> and then she was also doing this thing, like no one ever calls the character out on this, but she gaslights people all the time. So she's, mm-hmm. he's like, she, they're going, they want to go on this mission. And um, that's like, you know, it's not safe. You don't need to do that. And she's like, not listening to him. And then yeah. he reiterates that it's not safe. And she's like, oh, you win some, you lose some. And then she's going off with Hank. And it's like, well, now Dick's like, they're going to go there and die. So he has to go help. He goes and he helps. Mm-hmm. He loses control. And they're like, oh my God, you're a psychopath. Well, he didn't want to be here. You forced him to do this. <laughs> oh, so wild. Like, I, yeah. no one ever I mean, like calls it, these things. I don't know how these people are his friends. Like, I mean, awful. are they? <laughs> are they like, his friends, right? Like, I, I mean, I, at best, I would say it was a we used to be friends thing. Um, and now he was just hoping that he could get this one favor out of his ex friend. And next thing you know, just because he's around, uh, you know, Don is taking it upon himself to, up, upon herself to obligate him to some other huge thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I definitely, and I mean, you know, the reason for giving the money and that kind of thing is like, it felt to me like he was being like, hey, I'm not being presumptuous or like leaning on our old friendship. Like, just like I pay anyone else to do this. Like I'm paying y'all, like this is a job. And then, you know, of course Don's like, I wanna like refuse your money and be offended because like, how dare, we don't need your money, but also I wanna obligate you to risk your life so we can go get money. 
But also, let's we might as well just bring Hank in here. I mean, if we're gonna, we might as well trash them together. How is Hank gonna be okay? He, they're cool with like robbing other people from money because yeah. be clear, that's what they were doing. They were robbing. Those well, hey, criminals. they were criminals, so they were bad anyway. Yeah, they didn't so need to have that money. So <laughs> robbing them for their money is fine by Hank, but Dick getting legal money from Alfred to give to them that's messed up huh? well that's oh, about hank's emasculation because of his issues with the previous relationship uh with dawn and the fact that she's still daydreaming about him like i think that that's what that was really about because the way hank was perceiving it as you know he comes in here out of nowhere last time he came out of nowhere he had sex with my girlfriend this time he shows up with all of this money and it's like you know what we don't need you that's what it was with hank really um and I think that Hank wasn't being rational, but a large part of why he wasn't being rational is because he was just freaking out because he can't trust his girlfriend. Yes, and then it's like, I guess that's fascinating to me because Hank is like the, um, he's the damsel in the stress of the series. Like he, yeah. he's the one who gets hurt the most. Like he's always, always getting hurt. So it's just interesting that he has, even has the audacity to be like, oh, my manhood, if that's what his issue <laughs> well, book is. I'm I just mean, like, dude, it doesn't you matter. You give a reason the... for him to be very secure in his masculinity with what you just said. Look, <laughs> all I'm saying is, Hank, just lean into being the damsel at this point because <laughs> we've all kind of accepted, you know, Hank, we're going to have to rescue Hank. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's how the world really Everyone else is fine with it. I don't know why you're so mad. We're okay with it by this point. Like, it's cool. That's your role. Poor Hank. <laughs> I have so many feelings about Hank as a subject. And I have mixed feelings about his portrayal. I do. Because, like, on one hand, like, Hank is a frustrating character. On the other hand, like, are you being shady about him? Because, like, he was, you know, a victim of, like, you know, a predator when he was a kid. Like, is that what, like, I don't necessarily love having the guy that has the most problems with his manhood in that sort of way, being the man that was violated in that way, if that makes sense. It's a little bit like, unfortunate implications. Yeah, like that I creepy mean, coach, like, you know, yeah, like, robbed him of the possibility not, to ever become a real man, you know? That's like his his whole backstory and everything. Like, I don't blame him for anything. I have no issue with any of that part. It's just, I feel like... Well, like, I mean, like, the combination of those things, like, the combination of that being his backstory and his present-day storyline being essentially to be emasculated in 18 million different ways all the time, I don't love it. <laughs> yeah. And I also... Uh, I don't really love, I don't know, I've never been able to get behind the angry asshole guy who is quick to fight someone, even kids, I don't know, that's just not my <laughs> cup of tea, like, it's just, I don't know, I don't find it endearing, I don't know why anyone else does, but no. he's forever trying to hit someone who's on his side, it's annoying to me, uh, <laughs> I don't know what else to say, like, I empathize with the things that happened to him in his past and I think that's an important storyline to a lot of people but I don't really agree with how he is as a person and yeah both can be true at the same time and I mean I guess I can't tell to what extent we're supposed to connect that to why he is the way he is now yeah you know what I mean 
Cause like, are we supposed to see like the way that like, you know, the way he behaves and mentally connect it to that? Or is it just, you know, supposed to be like a coincidental thing and these are not supposed to be things that we view as having anything to do with each other. It's hard to tell. Yep. Um, and if these things are supposed to have something to do to each other, I mean, I don't love what you have, what, you know, they've decided they have to say about, you know, uh, sufferers of that kind of abuse, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I don't feel like, um, I don't know. It's, it's weird in a way because I feel like in season one, that episode where they went into his backstory and not Dawn, she was just kind of there, like she could have been a lamp. But that's another yeah. story. Uh, I, I don't mean, know why. Her mother gave two sentences of exposition to give yeah, they, all of whatever kinda, backstory she had, and that was they it. They kind of pretended like it was half her episode, too, but it really wasn't. It was Hank's episode. No. But um, I feel like they cared in that episode, and otherwise, it's been kind of shallow. Like, I felt like it was forced that, and again, I'm bringing up season two, but that they were trying to say that's the reason he was so concerned about Jason being left alone with that stroke. But at the same time, he had absolutely no issue leaving Rose alone with that. That doesn't right. connect. That doesn't make any sense. You're, you're putting another kid in a situation that you're saying is so scary and bad. That doesn't make sense. So that right. was a force for me. And I felt like they were just using it as this crutch to try and make a connection between Hank and Jason that didn't even lead anywhere anyway. But I don't know, maybe well, the show never committed to giving like the birds any uh or any of the old times that Amanda Donna either any kind of meaningful relationship with any of the kids yeah, that joined the Titans. Them. And like when something happens that's supposed to rely on their relationship with them, it kind of falls apart. Absolutely. Um because like in the here? finale of this season, like with the whole, you know, breaking your, your spirit thing like none of them have a connection to Rachel so they all have to have these like weirdly disconnected little like vignettes right because they didn't bother to connect they didn't bother connecting any of these people to Rachel because remember um you know Dick's uh you know Rachel com comes in at the end of his right and with Corey's like hers was you know directly with Rachel and it makes sense since this is Rachel's father and like she's at the center of this but with the ones who did, who they didn't bother to build that connection with, they just had to go with like their own unrelated issues. Right. Because so like with the dreams, actually I want to kind of talk about the dreams a little bit. So like with yeah. Dix, I felt like Corey's worst nightmare was directly related to killing Rachel, who she had kind of mm -hmm. grown to love as like a friend, daughter, um, and then Dix was his father killing someone he grew to care about. It was his darkest. And in Dick's dream also, though, um, what I found interesting about Dick's dream, which the problem, well, the case is probably spent, he, he got the most time, right? We didn't really delve yeah. into what anyone else's full trigon dream would be like. But in his, like, all the people he cares about is are fine, like they're in well-off situations, right? So Rachel mm -hmm. and Gar are perfectly fine, they're in college, you know, yeah. they're like, this. they have good lives and Corey is fine, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's like, uh, try not to lose my train of thought. Yeah, basically Rachel's safety is 
a cent, like even though it wasn't a center of the extreme, it was still an, an important part of it. Like, yeah, part of his happiness lied in her yeah. being happy too. So mm-hmm. then you have Jason's. There's no life. version of like a happy version of Dick's life where like his his kids ain't okay. <laughs> right, where his kids are unhappy, and we're just gonna call them his kids. I don't care if the show doesn't. Those are our children. Yeah. At this point. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, like. Then you got Jason's dream, Jason's thing, nothing to do with Rachel. And same with Hank and Don's, which was like a connected thing. Same with Don. Yeah. And it's like, this is why I'm like, this is why everyone's like, oh, it's a core four. Well, of course, because apparently the rest <laughs> of these people aren't even connected with each other to the point where they right. have nothing to do with each other. So it's yeah. just like, yikes. Like, they haven't even managed to, like, make it into each other's subconscious in a meaningful Right, way. like, they're not even friends. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> no. Um, and, like, it's really... It's like, why did Rachel need them there? It's fascinating to me, but okay. Well, I mean, Rachel didn't need them there. The show did. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> that was what that she, felt like to I'm me. Like, I'm like, like she, well, look at the whole cast together. I'm like, she broke into here. Dawn's... Broke Dawn out of a coma to call her there and have... <laughs> Her and Hank recruit, recruit Jason so the three of them could come there and do what? No, and get, get turned evil and be useless. <laughs> yeah, that um, wasn't a great premiere. <laughs> um, no. Yeah, it wasn't a great ending to the Trinon story at all. But No, but I mean, we know that there was executive, executive meddling there and there was sure. a lot of like back and forth and things were taken out and... Um, you know, I think that, uh, I think what we got was definitely kind of messy. Um, but if anything, uh, it, it did still wind up setting up season two reasonably well. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not, I don't, it's not the worst thing. <laughs> like I've seen those <laughs> be worse. I feel like Titan yeah. has its flaws, but the flaws are not that deep. People like, um exaggerate like crazy it's it's not that serious I mean it wasn't a great um, finale in and of itself but as far as the function of wrapping the storyline and setting up the next one it, it did its job yeah I mean and <laughs> the season one finale that wasn't really a finale it was actually it was a good episode Dick Grayson was a good episode it was just not a finale is all yeah um, so whatever uh, <laughs> oh god and uh one of the things that I thought was really interesting throughout the season with all of the kind of, you know, creepy culty, like religious stuff that was going on was, um, it was very, uh, it was interesting how uh, this whole like kind of Tragon cult was like, you know, becoming a thing and it was spreading and they were like, you know, kind of like obsessed with Rachel and all that kind of thing, I guess, because they were like trying to use her to bring back Trigon or whatever. It was interesting. Um, it was interesting meeting all of these different cultists and things like that over the qu- course of the season and sort of piecing together like what they were trying to do. And it was really cool how it came together with like Corey's mission once we were able to finally see like, oh, this is where all the pieces kind of come together. Yeah. Um, so I really did enjoy how that, um, how all of that kind of rolled itself into something that like made some sense. Um, and in general, 
I like the world building of uh, season one, like the way you get to really see where these beings fit into this world, like how regular people think of them, how they interact with them. Like, you know, you see the, you know, police in the station be like, Jesus, there goes Robin. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then, and then in the dream, you know, they're reacting to like um, Batman. It gets very Batman versus Superman. And it's like, yeah, we're taking down the bat signal. We don't need no vigilantes around here. <laughs> like, um, and uh, it was, uh, it was really cool that this show did a, a better job than most kind of genre superhero shows really giving you a picture of a world where these are like an entrenched part of like life and crime and crime fighting. And I want to say like we can talk about Corey in a sec because I realize she's like the last person we haven't done like a overview thing for. Um, I think what I like so much about this show is that yeah it's a superhero show but they spend so much time on like developing these characters mm-hmm. and their relationships that I actually care about them in a way I can say I don't care about a lot of characters on other comic yeah. shows that I watch like I'll, I'll watch other shows and they'll be like whoever the two main people are is who I'm really invested in and the rest just yeah. feel like side characters like I don't really care because um, yeah. they don't do a good job because the show them. doesn't care about them exactly. you can tell and you don't really <laughs> you don't get and also the characters don't do stuff like disappear for episodes at a time on the show right. right like even when they're like you know Corey wasn't an episode too but it's for a valid reason she's not even in the same country as these people <laughs> are and they're doing something completely different they took a break to explore this part of the story and then they brought Corey right back in. Um, yeah. So they did a good, they did a good job of connecting them all into the story. At least I'll say this. They did a good job of connecting the core four into the yeah. story and building up their and their relationships with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was believable. It felt like they were just kind of foreshadowing the other threes, like stuff more so than actually having them have meaningful interactions <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I, it just I, felt like a series of like hints about yeah. like a, a thing they're going to tell us more about more so than like real-time meaningful interactions and then somehow they said season two is about breaking a family apart and bringing it back together and they didn't successfully show that sorry um I'm sorry they just like they didn't sell me on the old team being a family or actually genuinely caring about each other at all and I didn't really care when they were apart because they started the show apart and it was better when they were apart anyway when they got together everything went to shit I don't think they really um, improve people's life by being there. No. I'm just going to be honest. They're so, so miserable. Womp womp. I don't know what to say about it. I don't think they even like each other. I yeah. Just, I don't and know. like all of their introductions in the season was literally them just being like, oh, hey, Dick. Kind of crappy see you again. Remember how you failed last time we saw each other? Yeah. Why is it their interaction? Why is it their I hate you. And it's like, okay, yikes. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> right. Why is this the team I'm supposed to care about in season two? They all seem to hate him in season one, but okay, let's do that. And then right. And they, they don't really like resolve it. Like it's not no. like it's tense when they meet up, but like they get close again and it's like old times or something. Like they don't no. get there. They never resolve it. Like I don't want to dwell on season two too much, but I'm like, did Hank and, and Dick's relationship progress in any kind of realistic way? Like this right. Do I believe Donna and Don are great friends? Not really. Do I believe right, because well, why haven't they seen each other all this time if the only one y'all are mad at is Dick? Do I believe Hank and Donna are besties? I don't buy any of this. I don't believe they've so, ever had a conversation. I don't think so either. So I, I just don't buy any of it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't know why they thought like, I would care about it. And like that can't. moment where like Do- where Donna in, in season two uh, was like, you know, you guys are like the best together. Okay, so this is moment that. number one that Donna's cared about their relationship. Yeah, I, <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> right. Anyway, back to season. And can you even imagine a version of Donna that's like, you guys, I love your love. Like, can you even imagine this woman no, being like because that? because we saw in the flashback, everyone was happy and she was just like uncomfortable and not wanting to be there. So I don't know what version of Donna was really happy in this team I never saw it but like the happy birthday episode they have to drag her out of bed in her depression sweater she didn't want to be there I don't know what to say about it um like <laughs> it it didn't they didn't sell me on this I'm womp, no. womp womp I don't know what to say but back yeah. to Corey <laughs> Yes. Now this is the thing they sold us on. Yeah, this is, this is what they sold us on. Um, yeah, they did a really good job of convincing me Corey would be able to come in and Rachel would trust her that easily mm-hmm. because Corey was kind of in the same headspace of Rachel where she didn't know what she yeah. was doing or what was going on. And unlike Dick, she was like, I can help you. Here's evidence of how I can help you. I just burned this Cadillac. Come hang. And they were good. And I find yeah. that that's be the start of your relationship. That you're like, I don't I know. I mean, what I'm those doing. actresses have really good chemistry. Yeah. I don't so, know and you know how sometimes you, know you meet someone doing. and it's like, oh, this works. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, so that was great. And I like that. Um, Dick was just like really exasperated by the amount of fucks Corey did not give. And then he was kind of like, I guess I just got to roll with it because my daughter is. And then he ended up being like, okay, I kind of like it. Yeah. Actually, this is great. (laughs) Having someone just not like, because it wasn't like she was, not only was she not tiptoeing around his, crap angsty she wasn't, like weird she, stuff she just wasn't like she wasn't doing it with him like he he wanted to no. be like a drama queen and she was just like yeah no we're not doing that um i don't really <laughs> care be like this. this i'm gonna take a kid and we're gonna go i don't know what to say to you yeah that was great um <laughs> i thought it was funny like when they met in in the um 
the skating arcade, whatever you want to call it, in the parking lot. He's like, he's like trying to get rid of Corey and she's just like following them, follows them all the way to the car. She just doesn't care. It was so funny. So it's just like, I feel like like his attitude would be off-putting to everyone else, but it just wasn't working with her. And it was just fun. It was fun until well, she I think Corey has really good instincts. And you see yeah. that even when she's first kind of like waking up in that car or whatever, like when she's interacting with that gangster and she doesn't like remember him, she still is able to figure out, okay, no, this guy's bad. Like, and when he's like, you know, I loved you. And she's like, I don't think I loved you back. Like, even when she doesn't know, like she really like trusts her gut, rolls with it. And I think that, uh, that helps her give a, get a lot of that like swagger and bravado she has even when she doesn't really know what's going on. Yeah, because like she said, um, like when he lost his shit in the car after beating up that guy, um, <laughs> she was like, you know, I think you're a good guy, but I don't know. You got to get all of this out. You're going to explode. And it's like, he looked at her like literally no one has ever suggested <laughs> I just get some therapy before. What do I do with this information? <laughs> it's poor, poor people. Like, jeez. I mean, he just needed her so bad. I mean, everyone and... else would just be like, you are the worst person alive. Go die. But she's just like, you seem nice. You need a therapist. So get one. Yeah. You need to talk this out. <laughs> well, I think that... Um... I think that like um, that Corey has a very good sort of like internal like compass for like a decent person or a bad person, someone to trust or someone not to trust. And she really will trust herself when she gets like a feeling about somebody and go with it. She doesn't kind of dither or go, mm, I don't know, maybe I'm suspicious. She'll be like, yes, I trust you. No, I don't. And then we're off, like yeah. we're done. And, you know, she got a good vibe from Dick. She got the sense that like he was a good person and that he was someone potentially trustworthy, someone who could potentially help her. And uh, Rachel, even though she wasn't ready to admit that she was looking for help too. Mm -hmm. And so she went with it. Um, And that kind of confidence is one of the really cool things about her character. Yeah. Um, Because there are so many characters who don't like trust themselves on this show, particularly in season one, like Rachel and Dick really really struggle with trusting themselves so it's a really cool contrast that she just does I feel like she made that group confident because Mm -hmm. none of them are all three of them like Gar is like poor Gar and they touch on it again in season two like he hides a lot of how he really feels he feels like ignored Mm -hmm. and people do treat him like they just forget about him you know what I mean um, especially yeah, well, like, he's not the squeaky wheel like he's never the one no. who's like making problems or throwing fits and stuff so it's easy to get distracted by by like people that are doing more troublesome stuff yeah I don't think it's that people don't care about Gar and I don't right. think he thinks that either but he still feels that lack of attention yeah exactly um and then especially with Chief was like emotionally abusing him anyway um, yeah so and forcing him to isolate for like basically no reason because in this version gar's not green you know yeah, so the rest of the people in doom patrol house like yeah it would catch some attention if they're just like walking down the street um but there's no reason gar couldn't 
like go to the grocery store for an outing. Like there was no reason to keep Gar locked up to that extent at all. And then also, um, I think even though Corey and Gar didn't have a lot of scenes, I think what he loves so much about Corey is she doesn't treat him like he's stupid. She mm-hmm. talks to him like he's a grown man. It's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, she doesn't treat him like he's an idiot. And that's a big difference. It is. And, yeah. you know, I think that everyone needs someone to kind of care about them and hear them and trust them. And in different ways, these characters do that for each other. Like when Dick meets Rachel, he's not totally sure about a lot of stuff, but he kind of rocks with her though. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Like when she's like, oh, you're the boy, the circuits is like, what, what, what? Okay, let me try to help you. And Rachel is really um, caring and empathetic. She's a, uh, she's very <sighs> rash. I will say she she makes some crazy decisions but she's a good kid yeah well she's decisive too yeah um she is because when she knows what she's supposed to be doing then Rachel's like on it and I think that's part of why she comes across like so rash because she's so decisive yeah yeah she she makes up her mind about things and then like when she was like okay I need to find this guy from the circus need to find it Grayson okay I found him I need to get his attention throws brick like she yeah you know she she doesn't like dither and like oh maybe and time passes and then whatever like she just does the thing yeah (laughs) yeah so I feel like they succeeded in selling us the new team the Mm -hmm. old team needs work I don't buy it still um season two made it worse um sorry they worse I mean I think that a big I think it's hard to come back from that abandonment like that five years of no contact no checking on each other no nothing like Like, that already starts us off on this really like distant foot I, I feel like the wildest part about that is that um you would assume Slade told him to do that or something yeah but no I mean, one Slade did. acts like Slade told him to do that it almost felt like there was a missing scene from season two where he did it is a crackhead um but I just <laughs> I just don't know why they all decided not to be friends with each other like y'all could just not be friends with Dick y'all could still talk I don't want to like what happened right. there? What? <laughs> what kind of family was this I'm confused (laughs) it's not adding up no it's all it's all very weird and um and even like whatever happened a year ago with like with 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 Dick and uh Don that's kind of obscure like did he come back to like get back with her to be friends again or just to screw up their relationship like we never find out I think we'll never find out and I'm fine with that because it's probably not it's probably not something worth finding out. Just like I mean, as so, long as it isn't doesn't entail a flashback. I mean, please don't show me. I mean, please. People were curious about, oh wow, what happened with Dick Don? Turns out she said, I love you. And he just smiled awkwardly and nodded, which was so embarrassing. Like I had second. Like, thank you. You do me and, great honor. And then he almost died. And then she was like, bye yikes I don't know why we explored this relationship on the show why I need to see it 
Um, but I don't want to no. see any more of it. <laughs> it's <laughs> terrible. Um, thanks, though. <laughs> well, like you said, he was just filling a void. Yikes. I thought it sounds good. That's such a horrible way describe your relationship oh, I mean, it's kind of hard to tell if that's meant like literally or is, are we dealing with gross metaphor territory like i don't want to hear about her void my god I just, feeling a void imagine your boyfriend's describing your relationship as oh she's using me to fill a void i don't know what to say um <laughs> I don't know why we had to see this. It was, yeah, yikes. Yeah, he clearly never felt cared about by her um, as he well should have. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. And we see even at the time, he didn't feel like she cared about him. Was, like, was she just way more in it than he was? But at the same time, was she because she left so easily? I don't know. I don't even want to know. I mean, I, it just feels like she was pretending and he recognized it, but he pretended like he didn't know. I, I, I cannot. <laughs> Like the and characters like, don't even mesh well. I I don't get it, but fine. <laughs> no. And like I also think that there's some tension between sort of how this character is portrayed in this series and just kind of how he's generally portrayed in other media. Because, you know, he's uh like, you know, in the books, he's very much so an F-boy. Like that's very much so his vibe. If he goes somewhere, if he stays there long enough, he finds some pretty lady and sleeps with them or wakes up in naked in Apollo's shower, whatever. Um, And that's kind of like a thing that he does, you know, leaving trails of broken hearts and that's his whole thing. And initially it looks like that was what was happening with him and and Don. But then the show seemed like it was like, I don't know, maybe they dated. And then it was like, well, maybe kind of. And it was like, all right, what? what, Yeah, like- what are y'all doing like it's I think it was just a rebound like she was rebounding from Hank and he was just being useful yeah that's I mean it seemed that way and then it was also weird because Hank wasn't jealous or angry in the flashbacks but in season one he was so I'm just like what's going on here I don't My guess is that's connected to what happened happened a year ago that we still yeah. don't really know. Well, the four years or whatever it was. Yeah, it was yeah. like four years, yeah. Oh, yeah, because um, it was a year after, like, he left. Yeah. So, yeah, my guess is that is it, because we know before and after that, Hank is totally different in how he feels about this. Um, yeah. So that left a bad taste in Hank's mouth. Uh, but dang, why just, okay, anyway um I don't know we're trying real hard to care (laughs) I I feel like your anger's displaced but okay um well a lot of times when people are with untrustworthy people or people that tend to cheat they have a lot of misplaced anger because if they actually directed it at that person then they would have to actually like process the hurt of being betrayed by this person but it's easier kind of to think of this person as actually being someone who totally totally cares about you in a way you don't need to be concerned about it's just these bad other people dragging them off into sin that you need to go like take care of um so i mean if anything it just seems like um you know one of those like kind of uh psychological like you know cognitive dissonance blocks that people put up so that they can preserve relationships that need to go mm-hmm. um and i mean that seems like what hank's doing all the time like it seems like so much of Hank's behavior is 
some with uh regard to his relationship with Don as like some variation of like being contradictory in order to preserve this relationship like he really doesn't want to be doing this hero thing anymore but she does so in order to preserve this relationship he's gotta act like he wants to do this thing like there's a lot of contradictory behavior out of him to just, just to try to keep down yeah um i think the most unfortunate part about that is that they kind of set him up in the way that <laughs> made it impossible for me to like him. And I, I know this is like a start, uh, uh, character archetype that people love. Like people love the asshole with a trouble past thing, but that's never worked for me. Like I don't care when, I don't care when people do that in real life where they'll be like, hey, you know, I'm a dick to you all the time, but it's because my mom used to slap me in the face with fish or whatever. And I was like, that sucks for you. But <laughs> that you what they do where you're from. Like, <laughs> like, like, what does that have to do with me? Like, cut the shit, cut that shit out. Right. Like, sorry about it, but am I your mom? Like, I this has never been cute to me. Right. I don't think it's, <laughs> I don't think it's cool <laughs> to be the worst and then be like, it's because of my terrible past. Like, not like, that's never like that scene in Dreamgirls um, where, you know, Effie is just, you know, getting real like self-righteous about like whatever. And then the whole chorus goes, Effie, everyone's got pain. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's like, we all have problems, honey. Like everybody's been through something uh so I don't know why you're giving me this like this excuse unless you mean it's excuse for everyone to be the worst day uh can I take my turn now yeah. like <laughs> um and then I guess what I what I also don't like about those characters is that fans tend to do this thing where they'll be terrible to everyone but if one single person matches that energy everyone's pissed <laughs> and I'm like so they just get a free pass oh because it's their personality the Hank's asshole, so it's fine. No, it's not fine. Actually, so if someone wants to meet that and meet him there, they, right. that's their right because he's been doing this all the time. It's annoying. Oh yeah, and I'm sorry <laughs> when for Jason him, was but, about uh, to drop him in the club. I was here for it. <laughs> I can't. Oh man, I guess we should talk about Jason a little bit. Oh my gosh, I have mixed feelings about Jason because I, don't... I like him more this season than next season. <laughs> hard um yeah I think I liked him better in season one I don't yeah know. It's I think he was definitely kind of like trying to I like sort of get I, in there with that with that brother energy and that was I cute. feel like I understood him a little more like I understood more where he was coming from in season two but I liked him better in season one because I feel like um they were trying too hard to ruin his relationships with everyone in season two. And it, yeah. was, it was just annoying. Like, I don't really buy that he'd come that hard at Rachel for her powers going out of control and that he would, like, that he would leave the tower after Dick saved his life. And right, stuff, like, was... it was just stuff like that where I was just like, I feel like they're trying 
to ruin his relationships with everyone. And look, yeah, it they felt were. like they were rushing to get to where they were trying to get with that plot line. They were yeah. rushing to get him on that motorcycle with the tower at his back. Exactly. And I'm just like, oh, I don't like it. <laughs> and they decided that the easiest way to do it would be to roll his conflicts with literally everyone into one scene. <laughs> yeah it was like, so yeah. everyone lined up and now it's your turn your turn your turn have problems with, with jason and now it's done he has no relationship i just thought it was funny because they were like we can't even figure out a issue to write in for Corey or gar so just have gar take a nap and Corey just stand in the background like what's going on because <laughs> right. there's no realistic reasons for him to fight with either one of them so Connor's in a coma, like it's just. Oh God! I love Dick Connor was running so around much. hallucinating, so he wasn't there because we all know Dick wouldn't be jumping down Jason's throat like that because it doesn't make sense. No. Um, <laughs> it was they used, they believable used, that the old Titans did that because they're yeah. just terrible all the time. Yeah, because they right, they still definitely set, sets those <laughs> like they up, do. They do it? that to Dick all the time, so why would they do that to his right, brother? They're like, hey, these these three are always jerks, so. <laughs> If we need people to be drugs to Jason, I know who can do it. Yeah, yeah. How, how do we get here? <laughs> it's like their job. They're just like, we need, we need some people to be really shit. Oh, I know. <laughs> right. And like, I really like feel for Jason. Like, I uh, feel for Jason because it, he really feels like um, he wants to belong. He wants to be loved by people. He wants to be cared about. He wants to be close to people but he just has all of these issues that are not helpful for that goal his attitude like sucks like you feel bad for him you get him but at the same time it's like bro the way you like you stop your own back is insane (laughs) like like in season one right so he goes with you know dick to help rescue clay and all of that and they're fighting together they're getting along great and then he just gets yeah. this pride idea one i'm gonna start a bar fight and then after that yeah. for no reason right and then two right. let me go beat up the cops and it's like maybe don't beat up the cops i mean you know a cab and all of that but also <laughs> don't beat up the cops here because we need the cops to arrest um Zuko's son so if you cripple yeah. them all who's gonna arrest them plus right. they're gonna and wake like, up hard like I saw yeah. some blood like I think he at least killed one of them someone's back bro they're gonna wake up and they're gonna be like who did this to you and they're gonna be like Robin <laughs> that's not a great so maybe don't <laughs> well, do that <laughs> and I mean the Robin Gotham police are already like oh god Robin that's like a uh, not not Gotham police, but um, Bloodhaven police. We're already like right? that's like um, Detroit. Detroit's like man, this dude's beating, <laughs> this dude's beating the brakes off people in alleys. Now he's wherever <laughs> in Chicago, beating up cops. <laughs> Robin, that is just the worst. <laughs> just a mess. Just like a hot mess. Like, oh, great. I mean. <laughs> But I mean, that's why he burned the suit, right? Because, <laughs> like, I must exercise the, the bird demon. Dick was already doing a little rough job with Robin's rep, and then Jason was like, hi, I'm the new Robin. Let me make it worse for you. <laughs> God, yes. Oh, no. And we won't even talk about the consequences of him being like, we're back, bitches. Oh, Jason, please. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like... Bless your sweet, sweetheart, my sweet summer child. He's he's so troublesome, man. Oh, God. And like, and it's frustrating because like, you know, this is one of those situations where 
I understand that we can't have like Jason getting along with everyone and being on the team. There's a reason Jason's not, not a Titan anywhere. Like I get that intellectually. So like I knew going in, like this is going to go left sideways, whatever, but it's frustrating because I still kind of didn't want it to. I was just like, oh man. And I don't feel like they gave him good enough reason to kind of act in some of the ways he did because he's not crazy. I don't think it was. Like he's not portrayed as being a crazy person. And if you're not like unbalanced, then some of his reactions don't really make sense. Well, I mean, mean? I'd say he's definitely depressed based on what we saw. Yeah. Um, But I don't. But he never, but like (sighs) his vibe is never like, erratic guy you know what I mean no they didn't give him enough time and I don't think I don't think him and Rachel really got a fair chance I definitely buy that there's people who are never going to get along and that can absolutely be the case with Rachel and Jason but their conflict felt so circumstantial that it was just unfair you know what I mean like her powers were ridiculous like wasn't and like yeah it just seemed like they were just both really stressed and then they got set up anyway right um rose set them up and now that relationship is just dead in the water him and him right like they're never gonna make up and it kind of sucks because it it was like why like none of it was in their control they could have gotten along better oh well well and then we never like you know i mean it's for the season two conversation how once we established that all this was set up, we never got around to like being like, okay, so now that we know that y'all didn't do these things to each other. So like, we're cool on that. Like that never Where are the, <laughs> Where are the apologies? I'm still asking because they made yeah. go on this whole apology tour in the finale. And I'm like, you know what, be sick. If y'all apologize to Dick for almost making him commit and abandoning him a bunch of times. Yeah, and, and if y'all apologize for, to Jason for the same thing. If you apologize to Jason <laughs> for being insane to him when he just got back from almost dying. Like apologize. a terribly traumatic situation. He was tortured for an extended period of time and then almost died. Definitely more than one person owes Gar and Connor an apology for leaving them <laughs> alone in the tower, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And then um, let's also like point out like... You Rachel know, owes Jason um, an apology too, but he also owes her an apology. Like, yeah, they they need to apologize. We needed to talk, and they never did. <laughs> I mean, uh, Rose owes everyone apology. Rose owes everyone. Everyone, <laughs> everyone an apology. Hank owes Rose an apology. God, <laughs> I, did did Rachel apologize for killing Rose? I don't think Rachel apologized to Rose. Like there were just so many. So many things where it's like you guys have a lot to resolve because why don't we hit season three predictions? Prediction number one: so many apologies, so many hugs. They need a group therapy session. They need like two hugs. Family therapy. It's got to be a whole Family thing. Family therapy. No, for real. Um, but yeah, I guess lastly we can just kind of talk about um the villains of season. Oh one. yeah, yeah. I want to say the melting man and the nuclear family. I felt like they were much better villains than 
Dr. Light. Yeah, um, for sure. Dr. So, Light was really lame. In my opinion, Dr. Light was lame. But I mean, I guess that's kind of the thing. He's kind of a lame. Yeah, because he's, he's a scientist. He's a, he's a nerd that has jock powers, right? <laughs> Yeah, he's kind of lame. Like, his thing has been kind of lame in the books, too, right? Like, sometimes yeah. he gets good stuff, but no one takes him that seriously. No. <laughs> That's why everyone showed up in, like, a t-shirt. <laughs> oh, um, oh, but, yeah, the, the nuclear family were good. They were, they were, good, no, they were everyone, really good. Giving everyone a run for their money. Like, so creepy. So creepy mid-century. Like, <laughs> yeah. hey, Beth, hey, Ben, like weird weird creepy creepy kids mom dad like they were they were and also it's very funny when like they replaced dad and everyone acted like they didn't see nothing like their brainwashedness is very funny because there was an amusing contrast between when they kind of acted like people and when they super didn't yeah and (laughs) like it was hard to tell like to what extent their cognitive functions were like kicking in there yeah but like in a fun way, it wasn't hard to tell to like, and this is inconsistent way as much as they like, this is an amusing quirk of how they're portrayed kind of way, at least that's how, I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I wasn't like, okay, but like, how does this really work as much as I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. Yeah, they were fun. And they also provided some good fight scenes too. Um, oh yeah. Which in my opinion, Mm-hmm. I mean, Doctor um, Deathstroke did, but Doctor yeah. White didn't really. His his fights with them were both pretty lame. Well, he's pathetic. So um, I I feel like they did what they could, but he got so punked by freaking um Jason Jason that it was like yeah Jason just really too. whooped his whole ass and and that sewer it was and great his, his that's my favorite that. Jason moment to be honest. Yeah. Like I was like, yes, yes, yes. Look at you, baby. Yeah, Look, get him. Like I love it. I will it. say this. This is why I even though like I'm annoyed that he's getting so much focus and this whole plot thing that's happening with Red Hood for some godforsaken reason. <sighs> Whatever. I will say at least what Jason adds is he doesn't he didn't spend season two sitting around not doing shit. Even one of the things he was doing was annoying. He was moving the plot forward mm-hmm. at the very least and interacting with the people, with the bad guys. At least he did that. Yeah. At least he did Like that. he was always like, all right, let's get it popping, y'all. He, he uh, unlike the other ones who were like, um, we can like, I don't know, cook and like watch movies and make out. <laughs> I mean, did the other three come here to have a slumber party? Because that's what it looked like. Because anytime Maybe. anyone proposed anything that wasn't having a slumber party, they got real upset. <laughs> I mean, I think they... <laughs> They came there just to be really nasty to the men putting a roof over their head and to bully his children and to threaten to burn down his house, I guess. Right. Like, have you considered getting out of his house? Uh, maybe back to that shack y'all live in. So crazy. Like, it's like, oh, we got to hand over Rose. Or y'all could just leave my house. And then, yeah. like, I can handle Rose and that show. Right, like if y'all don't want to be bothered, I mean, I didn't call y'all to help. 
Like, um, <laughs> like y'all called me for help. That's why you're here. Like I'm giving you asylum. I don't. Dude, but okay. Like, if you're so bothered by Rose, it's like you're so mad that I have these kids in this tower. Leave the tower, bro, and then don't come back. This is my opinion. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you could leave. Like, I, why are you here then? I don't get it, but yeah. I'll never get and like it. They, and... and they literally were there so Dick could protect them. That was like the reason that they came there. Like, Dr. Led tapped them, and that's why like, they came so that they could take make use of his fortress home. So they were they were there wanting something from him. But then crapping on him like he invited them. I don't know. It was very frustrating. I will give um, Jason his credit for um, being about that action, even when he knows yes. he's going to lose a fight. Like yeah. when he unfortunately got, got mushed by, <laughs> by Dick, which is so like, oh, I'm I so died. sorry, but it's the funniest scene in this entire show. <laughs> Is one Dick didn't even need to. That was just the reflexes. Don't swing our boy. Slam Jason down on the rope. <laughs> I think the only reason that Hank got that hit off was because Dick still felt a little bad for that. Hank's a very lucky guy. Because it's like, <laughs> dude, literally everyone can beat your ass. I'm not entirely sure why you, you want the smoke with crazy ass Dick Grayson. You saw him stab someone in the dick, so... If I saw someone stab someone in the dick, I would just not try to fight with them. I'd be like, you got it, you know? We have no beef ever. <laughs> you're all, you're good. You know, it's yours. But that's just me. I don't Well, they go from know. thinking he's a terrifying psychopath to thinking they're going to punk him, which is strange. Great. Um, y'all, y'all have bad memories. I'm going to need y'all to remember. Strange behavior. Poor survival instincts, I think. Um... And then well, I, mean, I we think saw they were I barely had, surviving. And didn't like you just saw him because remember season two, episode seven was directly before episode nine, technically. So you just mm-hmm. saw him full up in here looking crazy with the gun. <laughs> and that's yeah. the guy you punch in the face. I don't know that that makes sense. I don't know that I do that, but that's just me. Um, and like, remember, he's like waving the gun around and he's like, whatever. And Hank's got both hands up. He's like, whoa, 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 he's buddy. Like, he's, like he scared Hank. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely enjoyed season one more than season two. Um, not least of all, because we got more of the core four in season one and they uh, are likable and like each other and have relationships that you can get invested in the meaningful way. Exactly, like when they were all leaving the house, I was like, don't care, don't care, don't care. When Rachel left, that's when I cared. I was like, wait, wait a minute. And that's what? also when Dick cared. He was like, I, don't do that. <laughs> and then when Corey was leaving, he's like, you're leaving too. Right? Like that's how we all felt. Like you actually give a damn when I tear it up when that little family is breaking up because they're well established and I do buy that they give a shit about each other. Um yeah. Yeah. And that they share space with each other voluntarily and not just to uh-huh. save their lives. Yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't that. take a threat of death to get them in the same house. Um, yeah, I don't even, I, I don't understand. Um, uh, what I don't know. I guess of. season three, if we have to keep the characters outside of the 
out of the core four, like if we're not going to commit to giving these books a spinoffs or whatever we're going to do, I hope that they do actually finally get around to putting that energy into those relationships. Because if we've got to keep you, I need you to buy that like you guys care to be kept, you know? And like y'all need to like actually like make up like for real, for real, not just like not be fighting, but like actually get close to each other. Yeah. And we can we can end the podcast on this note. I, I do get at least I'll say this from the season two finale as messy as it was that the plan is obviously going forward. They're going to stop being awful to each other. So they might actually hash some things out and act like they care in the coming season. I mean, I hope so. And I hope they don't just like act like it happened off screen. Like when we had everyone just like, oh, we're all having dinner together and having orange juice and then we all go off together. It it made me kind of worried that they that they were gonna be like brush under the rug, off screen we got good. Like I hope they don't do that. I feel like they will. (laughs) I'm not gonna lie, I feel like they're definitely gonna time jump. Time skip, we've got good somewhere then. Yeah, we're all friends now. I feel like that's exactly what they're gonna do. And in a way, I'm just like whatever, because it's like it's whatever it takes for me to not deal with Hank, Don, and Donna being the absolute worst. Whatever y'all have to do at this point, whatever plot device, do it. I'm tired. No season two made me tired. I'm serious. I can't do it anymore. No, I feel you. I mean, I like getting to actually see these sort of like cathartic moments and these conversations on screen, but I don't want to watch them like squabble. Like, I mean, I would appreciate getting to watch them hug it out. Like, but if the option is that or having them continue to do anything like what they did season two, then yeah no please please take a note if y'all ain't got time for that just make them friends (laughs) take a note from the core four going forward that's all i want um be kind to each other um yeah yeah and i super want more connor yes yes i do yeah on that note i guess we can end it here yeah because it's like an hour and 40 minutes so (laughs) all right oh we're so concise (laughs) Yeah, we're so concise every time, right? At least it's not 2.5 hours. That was true. That was that was Zack Snyder's <laughs> just week. <laughs> Don't let me stop. Seriously, like that was almost as long as Endgame. Endgame was three hours. That's like we did the most for what um it was the extended edition, the ultimate cut. <laughs> Nor TV, the, the ultimate edition, unlimited um director's cut. Yeah. Okay. Oh god. I think that's a good wrap-up. And yeah. I mean, it shows what we what we're looking forward to. And uh yeah, let's move forward. Exactly. All right, till next time. (laughs) Bye, y'all. Bye.